Welcome to Even Feel, the sports podcast that puts women first. I'm Eileen. And I'm Josie. Today we are going to start off talking about some kind of big news on the Omaha soccer front. Yeah, so if you saw uh, Tuesday's article in the Omaha World Herald by Emily Nitcher, um, Union Omaha wants to build a stadium in downtown Omaha and they uh, are looking for grant money to do that. But part of their seeking money, outside money, is they promised to do to build a training academy and also put a women's team in Omaha. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty big news. Um, the Omaha soccer community definitely is growing. Um, it would obviously be really great to have another stadium right in downtown Omaha. Um, they haven't really said specifically where that location would be at, but definitely something to watch. Um, you can check out Emily's story. Um, if you can find Tuesday's paper, it's in there, or you can always find it on Omaha.com. Yep. For Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be a few years out, but still like exciting to, to see that they're making that commitment to, to add a women's soccer team. So For sure. Definitely something to watch out for. Um, but we should probably turn our attention to uh, college women's basketball. I um, want to start off with Nebraska, I think, this week. Um, so they are on a two-game winning streak. Their last loss was to Iowa. Um, currently sitting at eighth in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, so you had a pretty good uh, description of this last game against Northwestern. Yes, so I titled it A Tale of Two Quarters, <laughs> which <laughs> it, <laughs> it really was two quarters. Um, it's, what's funny is I've never read The Tale of Two Cities. But <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you must know, the first quarter was... I believe, according to the announcers, it was the high, their highest scoring quarter of the season. They scored 30 points in the first quarter. They made six three-pointers, um, and it was 30 to 15 by the end of the first quarter against Northwestern. Yes. And um, then... And then, well, what happened in the second quarter, um, they only scored seven points. <laughs> Which we believe is the second lowest scoring quarter this season lowest being against uh their second game against maryland when they opened with six points which is rough <laughs> which but was yeah. a rough game <laughs> but i mean compared to scoring you score 30 in the first quarter and then only score seven in the second um they missed 12 straight shots and northwestern went on an 8-0 run and oh man just those are two very different quarters and it's almost like a different team out there and nebraska turned the ball over a lot in the third quarter, they got going again, and they were back to scoring points like normal. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, Northwestern was like, all right, well, we're not going to give up and just roll over. <laughs> uh, so they actually put on a really aggressive press, and they forced a ton of turnovers. And this this quarter, I can't really blame Nebraska for it. This was – it was – like, they were all over them, you know. They could barely get it past half court. But luckily, they're really good at shooting free throws because – uh, the majority of their points came from free throws that quarter, and luckily they were 76.5% from the line. So, <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank goodness. Um. Right, because it almost, you know, with a second quarter where you only score seven points. It's just, it's kind of funny because we've been like, oh, they need to start off fast, and then they start off fast, and then <laughs> <laughs> we're slow in the second half. Um, yeah, they just that's not what happened this time. <laughs> is it better or worse to just have your random quarter of slowness be not the first quarter? You know, I almost think 
perhaps the second quarter is the best quarter for it to be <laughs> because, you know, you want a fast start. You want the big lead, right? Well, yeah. I mean, thank goodness for their first quarter because they left halftime still with a lead. Like, it right, was, exactly. I have it written down. It was, They led 37-25 at yeah, the half. <laughs> right. So, so luckily, they scored 30 points in that first quarter because otherwise they probably wouldn't still be leading. <laughs> yeah, no, thank thank goodness. But, um, I mean, Isabel Bourne, really good night that day. Uh, led all scores 18, five three-pointers in that. High V, nice. 17 points, four three-pointers. Jazz Shelley, 12 points. But let me tell you, she went well beyond that 12 points, like well, well beyond. I know we've been a little hard, on Je- not hard, but we've been like, we just, we just have pointed out she lower yeah. scoring games for her, considering how she started this season. She and started last year. Right. Exactly. She usually scores a ton of points, but, but she has just been massive on like defense for them. This game, she 12 points. Great. Double digits. You know, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, on top of that, eight rebounds, seven of them on the defensive side, four blocks, two steals, seven assists. I mean, you expect her to get assists. She's their point guard, but that's a really good stat line. Like I just want to point that out. Alexis Markowski, also really good night, only in 22 minutes, the least of all the starters. Um, but, yeah, finished with a double-double in that, 11 points, 10 rebounds. That's, like, like they're good. <laughs> yeah, again, like, they can score. Like, judging by the first quarter, they can score. It's just when you go through, a, like, a lull where you can't, uh, like, that'll, that'll hurt them. So, I know we keep saying this, but you just have to play the full game. Yeah, play the full game. <laughs> Especially against all these Big Ten teams, you know, they're they're really tough. And I feel like... I think it's especially because they felt Illinois coming up. They, right. like, you, you, you can't slack in Illinois. Illinois is higher than them in the Big Ten, uh, in the Big Ten standings this, right now. Um, Nebraska's at eighth. Illinois is at sixth. But, like, the thing with Illinois is, like, basically all of their starters can score. And, like, score a lot. Like, I'm talking, like, regularly four of them score over double digits. Right. That, like... You can't slack on that. You can't. You, you <laughs> right. Can't, you, you can't have, to, have a seven-point quarter. You can't have a seven-point quarter. That seven-point corner cannot be your first quarter. Oh, my. Like, yeah. Just. Yeah, they have to start out strong and fast. I mean, that'd be great to start off with 30 points. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. But another thing, and I, Amy Williams mentioned this a couple games ago, but she has said um, they need to watch their turnovers. And so I believe, according to the announcers, they said that the, the win against Northwestern they had over 20 or 20 or more turnovers. So that would be the eighth time this season that Nebraska gave up 20, 20 or more turnovers. So that's another thing to watch. Yeah. They, they can't turn over the ball, especially with these teams. You can't give these stronger teams a chance. <laughs> you know, you just have to keep, you have to protect the ball. <laughs> yeah, protect the ball. Guys are fast. Illinois is up next. <laughs> um, but turning to Creighton, they also had a fast start. They um, did. Again, Seton Hall. I almost said St. John's, but that was the game before. <laughs> yeah, so they won 77-64. to 64. So this is their fifth win in a row. Um, they started out really strong. They were 6-for-6 six six in the beginning of the game. Emma Ronsick scored CU's first five points. Rachel Saunders scored the next eight and then Lauren Jensen scored the next four in the first five minutes. And those three players finished with the most points um, at the end of the game. So that was a really strong start. They were fast. They were um, their threes. They were shooting threes. 
and you know when they when they start off shooting threes and not missing <laughs> it's gonna be a good game right for exactly they start out confident and strong towards the end of the quarter they got a little slower and Seton Hall kind of turned it up and they had a 6-0 run but still they were ahead by the end of the first quarter um in the second quarter they were trading leads so Seton Hall took the lead then Creighton got a bunch of threes and they took the lead <laughs> as they do <laughs> as they do but it's like so when four of your starters hit more than one three-pointer it's going to be a good night yeah <laughs> especially for Creighton which like as you said three-pointers like, are oh like three-pointers oh boy three-pointers are their bread and butter it like especially when they can just come off the bat and just make just one honestly if, I think honestly if they could start the game every single game with making one three-pointer hitting their first three-pointer hitting their first one maybe even their second one if they're like you know like it's your first position and then your second possession right. but like i think you're right like if they score within the first couple minutes a three-pointer i bet you they'd win yeah i'd like to see that stat i bet rob anderson <laughs> has that stat yeah um, it's very specific but it's true like with a team like this where three-pointers are so crucial to them um and like Emma Ronsek and Rachel Saunders went three for five for three-pointers, and Lauren Jensen and Maury Molly both got two. So it's, Quite I mean, <laughs> they were, they had 11 three-pointers, and they're, but, but in addition to that, they didn't just rely on their three-pointers this game. Like, I think that gives them confidence, like, starting off with threes, but they had a lot of movement, you know, points in the paint. They were, they were being really creative. And yeah, you was, said their passing was really yeah, good, Yeah, they had really great passing, and they just looked really confident out there so I mean they finished it out uh, Seton Hall tried to press at the end but still they Creighton had a great game and they're they're getting hot at the right time of the season right yeah for sure um they've got Xavier up next Xavier just lost to St. John's who Creighton just beat so through a transitive property one would think <laughs> that they should pretty handily beat them right um they beat them earlier this season as well um the one big thing that I am like please please don't think don't think about this Creighton it's like don't think about the fact that after you take on Xavier you have to take on UConn don't think about that just pretend it doesn't exist because right. I think it'll get in their head and every time it gets it seems like every time something gets in their head they don't shoot well and then they lose the game right right so yeah they just have to focus on the game in front of them just game by game especially when they're on the streak you know and and yeah. also I wanted to point out something the um the announcers were saying during the Creighton game mm-hmm. so they mentioned the South Carolina um, UConn game breaking viewership records. So that game drew over a million viewers on Fox, making it the most viewed women's basketball game ever on that network. So that was a really big deal. And so it was kind of funny. One of the announcers said, uh, if you show it, they will watch. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) I I mean, I feel like that's accurate. I just thought it was, it was, I was like, yes, no, you're right. Like, I mean, I think that's a trend lately in women's sports. Um, I feel like if you every year break records, which I think you have the stats on actually, like if you're breaking the records every year, you would think in your head as a network executive, you'd be like, maybe if I put this on TV, people will watch it and then we'll just continue to break records. Because that's how fandoms work. They start small and then they get crazy. Right, exactly. I mean, the, yeah, the growth of the women's game is insane. And yeah, you'd think as a network person, you'd see that and be like, oh, um, according to Just Women's Sports, 
2022, the NWSL title match on CBS had over 915,000 viewers, and that's an increase of 71% from 2021. Um, WNBA had its most watched regular season in 14 years and most watched postseason in 15 years. Um, and 2021, the NCAA women's volleyball final drew 1.2 million viewers on ESPN2. So, I mean, <laughs> if if you look at the viewership, it's only rising. So It only makes sense. Put it on TV. <laughs> please put it on TV. And don't, don't put it behind a paywall. Don't put it on a $30 streaming service. Known as Flow Sports. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, it, it's, it's hard because, I mean, for instance... My parents are big Creighton women's uh, basketball fans and Nebraska, and they cannot watch Creighton's uh, Creighton women's games unless they're on FS1, which is very rarely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so rarely. So that's just unfortunate because I feel like there are more fans out there, and already there are so many barriers for getting fans for women's women's sports. So why put another barrier in front of them? You should put it on TV. <laughs> Especially since you have all these like stats showing like – Oh, people are people are watching this. It's like, yes, they are. So put on TV, right? And so if sell you some want, ads, right? <laughs> sell the ads. You can you can get money this way. People are watching it. Yes. Oh. So that's our little rant. <laughs> a little rant. Maybe we'll do a podcast specifically about that later on. Um, Want to close this out talking about um, high school story actually really quickly. Mike Patterson came out on Monday. You can still find it on Omaha.com. Um, basketball player from South Sioux City. Um, Dylan Aarons, I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. I am so incredibly bad with names. I blame the fact that I read fantasy books. It has ruined in my brain how to pronounce letters. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so South Sioux City player, uh, usually on JV, she is diagnosed with autism. Um, she plays for JV, um, but then she also plays on a uh, – League for, disabili- uh, for Disabilities for uh, Children and Adults called um, Sioux, Sioux City Miracle League. Um, so the South Sioux City players on the varsity came to their coach and said, we would really like it if she could um, suit up and potentially play with us for senior night. Um, and the coach was, of course, like, yeah, that we can do that. We have to get through some waivers. And they had to get through some waivers. Uh, but it happened. So she got to suit up. She got to make the first basket uh, for the Cardinals. Um, and then the ball got handed to Omaha Roncalli, who they were playing. And then they got to make a basket to even the score. Um, but, yeah, it was a really – his story is just so heartwarming on this game. Um, you should definitely check it out. I definitely didn't want to overlook it by any means. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, want to close this out mentioning that softball, college softball season, starts uh, – well, technically, I think they are playing today. But for our intense purposes, it starts tomorrow. Um, <laughs> probably talk a little bit more about that next week, though. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so if you're listening to us on Omaha.com, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. I'm Josie. I'm Eileen. Thanks. Bye.